welcome to What Do You Like? My name is Maria, and I am with my co-host, Ryan. Hey, good to be here. Hello, Ryan. Hello. It's a lovely day. <laughs> lovely day. It is uh, November, and it's 70 degrees. Yep, global warming's a hoax. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's nice. And I like it, which is the topic of this show. My topic today is Discworld. Have you heard of that? I think you have talked to me about it in the past, mm. but it's been a long time and I forget all Okay. So, <laughs> Discworld is a series written by Sir Terry Pratchett, who I believe he passed away in 2015. It is 40 books of the adventures or day-to-day -day activities of characters that live on a flat disc carried on the backs of four elephants who are named Beryllia, Tabul, Great Tafan, and Jerakeen, and they all ride on the back of a turtle through space, and the turtle's name is Great Atuan. Nice. So, this so, world... So this is hmm. basically, this is Kyrie Irving's wheelhouse here. I don't know if you get Who's that. Kyrie I Irving is, is an NBA player who's, who got oh. uh, like a lot of criticism <laughs> for saying that yeah, maybe there is flat. I don't know. I can't prove it. Oh, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, well, no, actually, I did some digging about this because it is such a strange idea to me anyway, that I was like, who, like, I can totally under, I could totally get Terry Pratchett, like, just being like, yeah, this exists. This mm -hmm. is totally crazy. But yeah. it actually has some mythology history to it. So this whole setup is known as the world turtle in various types of mythology. It's Chinese, Hindu, Native American, indigenous tribes have a myth of the world turtle. Hindu specifically, in, in indigenous, it is the idea that the world was built by, the, again, Wikipedia, very general description. World was built by a muskrat by putting a bunch of dirt on top of the back of a turtle and the turtle travels through space. Hindu, more specifically, elephants carry the world on their back riding a turtle. This imagery this... is way more fun than just the solar system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so that's the basis. Terry Pratchett then, decide, then ran with it. He's got the sun and the moon orbit the turtle. The sun is farther away and its orbit's more complex to where it has to go underneath the legs of some of the elephants. And the elephant, uh, one of the elephants very, reg uh, every once in a while has to like cock its leg to let the sun go through. So it's, yeah, it, it. and in this world, magic exists. Uh, his, like mythological creatures exist. There are werewolves, vampires, dragons, Trolls, dwarves, wizards, witches, the whole whole shebang. Mm. However, there is a there is physics and there are rules. I could talk for hours about the various types of rules and regulations and physics that Terry Pratchett put together so that this world had a lick of sense. Mm. Not going to do that if you want to. If people would like to know more about it, there are two books that uh, were made with him as a collaborator called 
Science of Discworld and Folklore of Discworld, where he discusses how Discworld works. And they are, and I'm, I've never read them myself, but I'm sure they're very informative. When you have a whole separate, like, guide manual to the book as a separate book, like, isn't Lord of the Rings, don't they have that? Isn't the Samarillion also that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like explaining the world and because when you know your your brain is like on another level. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean creative juices. I would equal Pratchett's world building lore to that of Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Not quite as complex because mm-hmm. Tolkien's main goal for his world was to create the world and the language. Pratchett's mm-hmm. was more to have humor satire. Hmm. It started with straight up humor. His first main character was the literally the worst wizard. (laughs) That's what he's called. That is one of his titles. His name is Rincewind. If you are, if you're listening and you're a fan of Discworld and I said it incorrectly, again, let me know. Leave a comment. Five stars. Five stars. (laughs) Haters will love us. Five stars. Yes. He was not a great wizard and then real kind of screwed himself over by accident where he only knows one spell and he can't use it. And it's just his little, there's the wizard school called Unseen University or UU. That's the wizard school. And the wizards who run it don't know what to do with him because he's technically still a wizard, but he can't learn any more spells and the spell he knows he can't use. Why did you say why he can't use it? So he read it. It would be a spoiler. Okay. Just take my word for it. Okay. <laughs> it's these are the first two books. It's the only books that Pratchett wrote that have a cliffhanger to it. Mm-hmm. And The Color of Magic and The Light Fantastic are his first two. I was considering reading literally all the all of his books titles just to get it off the bat, but you don't need to do that because if you go to his web go to Pratchett's website, you can read all of them and the order that they were published. So books are just online for free? Not online, but the titles. Oh the titles, okay. Gotcha. The titles. The yes, titles. the titles. No, he, he's not <laughs> he is <laughs> like, not <laughs> he is not Lovecraft. Lovecraft has no relatives and therefore his estate is free. But Pratchett has his daughter, Rihanna, who took over, and I believe one of his assistants and editors kind of run his, uh, uh, of his books, like they control Mm. it. Yeah. And they basically said, after Pratchett passed away, they said, and that's it. There's nothing else. You can take, you know, there are options in terms of making, like, movies or games for for his works but there's no more books pratchett said told his assistant take all of my notes and in my computer and roll it over with a truck and that's what he did Whoa. it's gone yeah i respect that i like that. yes oh yeah <laughs> so back to like so this world so there's 40 books and there are multiple characters that can interweave their stories but every once in a while because the world is so well built you can jump in on one point and experience a journey with one character and then the next one it's going to be in a different part of the world and some of these characters it's a series of adventures some of these characters they're standalone but they interact sometimes they'll interact with characters that exist that you see often which is something that is so 
so amazing and so much fun because they are such well-written characters that it's kind of in the sense, it's kind of like uh, how Looney Tunes works where Looney Tunes characters are so well characterized and have such a personality to them that you can throw them into a situation and see how they'll react. Hmm. Hmm. It's in a similar, it's in a similar vein to that. Hmm. And it's kind of like when you have, it's kind of like when you're watching a TV show and you see it in a, another character from a TV show has a cameo and you're like, <gasps> There, there they are oh my god that's great i kind of um, think of that when uh have you ever had like different friend groups merge yeah it's like yeah this is like the crossover episode between these two tv shows yes <laughs> like, <all these laughs> and you're like meeting up for the first time but i know oh my god they like each other yes yeah. excellent <laughs> I guess uh, how I discovered this was I was a very, I was very much behind on the times. Like with most things that I really, really like, I was, I'm always late to the party. But a, a high school friend whose name I cannot remember, I think it's name, I think his name was Zach. I'm very sorry. I don't remember his name, but he suggested it. He said, if you're looking for more books, I suggest Discworld. And he tried to explain it to me. And I'm like, that sounds so confusing. <laughs> Where would I even begin? But it always sat in my head. And then I read a, an article called What to Read After Harry Potter. And... <laughs> And that was on the list. And I was like, well, I guess I got to check it out because unfortunately, and I'm sorry for all the fans of Harry Potter, I've gotten tired of it. <laughs> I don't need to have a illustrated book of Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. move on to different pieces of literature. Yeah, you're at the Harry Potter hangover at this point. Oh, God, I'm past it. I've, yeah. I've recovered. So then when I saw it, I was like, well, I, I need a new book series to read. I've gotten to the end of my latest series, and I want something that I can just dive into and not worry about having to find another book to read for a while. And I looked it up and realized there are so many options, and no one outside of Pratchett's website, there's not really a order for people people are like well these are my favorite or if you want to follow this particular character here's these books to read and then these books to read hmm. and so i just basically took a dart or i just traced my ran my finger down the list landed on the book called mort which is about death getting an apprentice so he can go and have fun <laughs> is basically the the long and short of it is death decides he needs an apprentice because he's he needs to go and uh experience the world more so oh, yeah yeah death is and death is definitely one of my favorite characters he's your stereotypical looking grim reaper but he also got a very dry sense of humor he's incredibly empathetic when the time is right because he's done this for so long he is mostly when people die he's just like yep come with me and we here we go and other times he has he has a, an, a reaction or an emotion uh, response to events around them and he's willing to talk it out sometimes unless you are the worst wizard because Rincewind has cheated death so many times death used to at, at one point took it as an insult <laughs> and then he, and then he became more bemused but towards the beginning of this he hated Rincewind so much of course it was it was hilarious <laughs> so this sounds just based on those characters alone it sounds like there's a lot of uh maybe like 
like it's you said it's satire but there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of like deeper meaning behind oh, like, what the characters yes. represent right yes if you want like For i could go on yeah. i could <laughs> if you would want i think the one that hit me the most was ho- the hog father which is the hog watch night is the discworld version of christmas the Hogfather is the version of Santa Claus. It has to do with death and death's granddaughter, who is named Susan. So, which is hard to like follow if you don't read the if you haven't read the series of how death ends up having a granddaughter in the first place, yeah. who is human. Okay, <laughs> but it, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, just roll with it. Yeah. That's the other thing where it's like, I like that sometimes people break it up and go, if you want to follow Death's storyline, here are the books to read mm-hmm. in this order. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're just wading through just the list of books, trying to f- just getting to that point. Because Pratchett yeah. didn't have, he's like, I'm bored writing about this character right now. I'm going to go write, write about this character which is fine but sometimes if you're a busy person who doesn't want to read 40 books which includes his young adult series <laughs> but was, was um, each book dedicated to one character or sometimes uh, it would be centered around a certain story or a certain character's story arc okay. so you have the night's watch which originally centered around a character of named Carrot, who was a human adopted by dwarves. And then he joins the Night's Watch, which is led by Sam Vimes. And then it was discovered that Sam, I think Pratchett decided midway through the first book that Sam Vimes is a way more interesting character. So he ran with Vimes instead. Mm -hmm. And so you have the Night Watch led by Samuel Vimes. And then you have the Witches of Stolot. No, not Stolot. Witches of Lancre, which is a coven of three witches who are are very, I don't even know how to describe them because it, they're a parody of the Witches of Macbeth. Okay. But they're also like very, I guess, meta in a sense hmm. where, you know, they know how it's supposed to be done. But like all Pratchett characters, they know how the fairy tale is supposed to go. Sometimes they accept it. Sometimes they're like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that's general gist of this this giant world so now i'm going to and what i like about it is basically all that i've described the complex characters the feeling like the feelings they elicit while also being very humorous and have that british dry wit to it Mm. the ability to jump from character to character while also having such a well thought out culture and world that they can all follow kind of the same rules of this world while also being complex enough that they that their their story is interesting and you can explore different facets of it for the most part what i don't like is not don't like but what is maybe not the greatest of it is you know it's 40 books not everyone's going to be a knockout of the park Pratchett wrote a book called Interesting Times, which I really like. I really do. It's, it also is probably his most controversial book because it plays a lot of Asian stereotypes. Hmm. And it brings up the question, well, he always has stereotypes. He literally takes the piss out of Britain in 99.99% of his books. <laughs> this hmm. is the, and there's one where he goes to G- Egypt and he takes the piss out of Egypt, but it's ancient Egypt. So it's easier to do that than regular <laughs> Egypt, you know, than present day Egypt. Yeah. Where is the line being crossed? Is it because he isn't Asian? And so you're only allowed to play with stereotypes if 
you if it if you are included in this stereotype if you're making fun of yourself or mm -hmm. it's an old culture that no one is around to like voice concerns about it you know mm -hmm. it's a little <laughs> mm -hmm. so i still like interesting times it's for all of for all of its like the fact that this is the most controversial book out of his series because it's not making fun of britain I'd say is pretty good or Australia, but Australia laughs at itself a lot anyway. So <laughs> I don't think there was yeah. that big of a, that wasn't that big of a problem. But the one that I can be more easy, like harsher on is it's, there's been a recent adaptation released by the BBC called The Watch. And it's a adaptation of The Night's Watch, which is, like I said, Sam Vimes, those kinds of characters. They're, and it turned it into a police procedural. And Which isn't even close to what it is. I mean, technically, yes, they are, they are cops. They are guards. But there are so many police procedurals. And Terry, in Terry Pratchett's world and his characters are so much more than a police procedural that it's boiling it down and it's d taking away all that made it unique. And I watched the trailer for the series just out of curiosity, and it looks bad. Mm. Really bad. And this isn't anything against Terry Pratchett. It's not anything against the TV show or the, the book series. It is a disappointment in the fact that he's had adaptations of his work done in the past, and they've turned out fine. Some of them a little hokey, but they're good. Like they had, they had a t, they had a TV series or like a two part of uh, a series called Going of one of his books called Going Postal, and it turned out great. It, this was when Pratchett was alive, and he had a hand in making it. And he said, you know, his comments of it was they improved upon his original book on his book. Mm. This is not that. And mm. his Pratchett's daughter again, who's like the executor of his estate now basically was in works to make it working with the create with the people who were making this tv show and she said well you've destroyed it and washed her hands of it she goes do whatever you want but i have no hand in this so wow. yeah it's that bad her leaving was a pretty good indication that mm. this is not going to be good and it wow. doesn't look good if we're talking about the Discworld series as a whole mm. this the part where there's absolutely no pratchett's involved in the creation of it Mm. is just bad <laughs> it's yeah. pretty bad yeah is it as bad do you think it'll be as bad as like the uh m night Shyamalan ad adaptation of uh avatar well thankfully it actually seems to be pretty inclusive of you know different types of actors or character types you know m night Shyamalan everyone was white you know <laughs> or the people that were not supposed to be white were white the people that were supposed to be white were black <laughs> and and everyone did not care at all from the feel of it yeah uh, i can't tell you how people were caring in based just based off the trailer but the trailer mm. wasn't shot well it seems like overacted over over effects like too much too like just focusing too much on like the look of it and the look isn't even that good because it's kind of like punk you know, like the main character, again, is Samuel Vimes. And I think the real Sam Vimes would punch out this character, this creation, because he's wearing eyeliner. 
<laughs> I'm like, the real Sam Vimes would not be wearing eyeliner by any stretch of the mm. imagination. So who put eyeliner? Yeah. <laughs> who who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> yeah. So it just doesn't capture the spirit of the of the book. No. But I feel like no. look, making making an adaptation of anything is probably really of any book is probably really hard. Yeah. But I feel like the movies that do it really well are the ones that like capture the essence of what it is. Like I haven't read Lord of the Rings, but I imagine mm-hmm. the Rings is probably a good example, right? Yeah. Like the world is is done pretty well and the like essence of what they're trying to convey is is pretty yeah. in line with what the books were trying to say. Yeah. I yeah. don't think Tolkien would would really like what they did with Lord of the Rings because Tolkien was so obsessed with his history and his lore mm. that he's like, why would you put a battle in there? Yeah. That makes no, like, that makes no sense. No yeah. one is having, like, the meetings aren't nearly as long as I had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> why aren't we discussing for the third day about the importance of, <laughs> you know, the importance of literature? But do this. fans do fans of Lord of the Rings books typically like the movies as well? Oh yeah, of yeah, course. that's what I thought. Because it's yeah. the it's the amalgamation of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, where you have the action and the adventure, and you can see the monsters that Tolkien has created, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're not wandering around in a forest for days on end discussing the discussing how great the battle that's happening is that you're not a part of is going to be (laughs) that that was one part i do remember in the books because i was reading it and i was like oh this is so great how aragon and frodo are walking with a bunch of rangers and not being in a battle that is happening right now and we are not watching it or reading about it they're just talking about it that's great really fun fun oh this is so much fun (laughs) and i remember i first read that they were creating i was like oh my god i get to see a series dedicated to like one of my favorite characters and then it was not Mm. (laughs) it did not happen that being said they do a pretty like i like the fact that some of their the actors are black versus Mm. you know not everyone is white because i mean when you write the se- like you can do that with a series you can make a uh, diversity in your cast and however when i discovered that one of the that the character i was watching i thought she was one character and it turned out she was someone else which i didn't it was ju- it, and i was just like that's sybil sybil does not look like that <laughs> you know like yeah. not like skin color wise but just like build yeah. And why is she like being such a big part of this story? She was not in the book and she wasn't an action star. The best part about her is that she can basically play politics and work behind the scenes better than anybody mm. else. Like yeah. she's the brains to everyone's brawn. And here mm. she is with like sickle swords and like fighting. And it's just <laughs> like, uh, I don't, that, that's not Sybil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they also, you know, another good part, another character is, um, goes into the idea of sexual identity in a weird way with these books because the, because in Pratchett's world, dwarves are supposed to always appear to be male. They all have beards. They're not allowed to wear, if you're, you, you, there is a female dwarf, but it's taboo to declare yourself a female dwarf. Hmm. So in the books, 
as the series progresses, the concept of being allowed to show yourself as female becomes a big issue and becomes an important part for one of the characters who is female and a dwarf who is female and wants to wear skirts and wear makeup and she is she's like one of the people one of the dwarves that starts doing this and is like the head of this movement and it creates this idea that Ankh-Mork Pork is an area of equality you know the story takes place Mm. in allowing this to happen so It's like pretty good, like parallel to sexual identity and showing yourself for how you want to be seen. Mm. Was that in the book? Was that a, was there a conflict around that? Yeah, there was. So the character Cherry, uh, Cheery Little Bottom (laughs) is, yeah, she's, (laughs) she's their equivalent to the forensics, forensic scientist. Uh, She's, she was in the alchemist guild and then through an accident, she caused an explosion and basically that propelled her to to the watch which is led again by sam vimes and she would see that there are watchmen or watchwoman and she would be like oh, i really wish i could show that i was female outwardly fe- you know show that instead of pretending to be male and she i don't know how it i don't know who pushes it first but it is broached and she starts wearing skirts and all the male dwarves who are part of the watch are just absolutely s- scandalous. But they keep like glancing at her and they're just <laughs> like, oh my God, she's, she's so cool. <laughs> oh my God, it's so cool. Her knees are showing, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And she has to become, you know, she becomes a liaison to the, to the main dwarf society with Vimes and Vimes is very much of the no you come with me and she's like sir do you think that's a good idea and he's like yes it is we're going to be as annoying as possible <laughs> and if that means making them uncomfortable with the fact that you are being yourself I'm fully for that yeah so yeah, yeah. so he's also like the thing about Vimes is he starts off as a grumbling kind of racist speciest person but as long as you play as long as you play by the rules of the watch he doesn't care what you are mm. he will still make fun of you but mm. everyone equally he basically he <laughs> hates everybody equally including himself mm. okay so that's good <laughs> yeah like i said to wrap it up why the small parts that i pointed out that i'm not a huge fan of are fine are fine like kind of i can consolidate those first of all the Watch TV show is not connected to any of the Pratchetts whatsoever <laughs> or anything related to Terry Pratchett. They said, you do your thing. We're not part of it. It's not even part of the, it's technically part of the series, but it's not. So mm. easy enough to ignore. Mm. And then the other part where he used stereotypes and it's considered his most controversial book. If that is the most controversial thing in 40 books is that he <laughs> used a stereotype that was not British, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think Stephen Colbert had a bigger problem when he made fun of cha- uh, Chinese language uh, in his show once and they tried to cancel his show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I think he had a bigger, I think he, his was more of, of an affront than anything Cratchit did. Mm. It was... And for, like I said, he's, he was, he had such a prolific career. And if that was the worst thing, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And uh, you know, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say that 
Pratchett also played the game of, you know, having a career and having fans really smart because I'm going to, you know, draw a pair. I'm going to compare it to the series that became huge overseas, Harry Potter, Mm. and how J.K. Rowling started as a basic nobody and was turned into a god, Mm. let's be fair, to the point where she can't say anything now without it being overanalyzed. She can't have opinions and not be either hated or overanalyzed for it. Mm. And Pratchett saw that. He said in an, I think it was either an interview or he said, you need to stop making your author, you know, you need to start make, stop making authors into gods or creators into gods because eventually mm. they're going to disappoint. Yeah. And everyone was like, wait, you don't like JK Rowling? He's like, no, I do. I really like her. Mm. But she's going to disappoint you eventually. (laughs) And lo and behold, she did. Unfortunately, the thing that she disappointed people with is not great at all. (laughs) It's pretty bad. You know, the fact that she doesn't support transgender rights. Mm. That's really, like, honestly, I can't. I I am disappointed, but I also knew that she was humid. And, you know... I was kind of off the JK train a long mm. time ago. And this for me is just like, well, it was inevitable. She was going to have a controversial opinion, but why did it have to be something that is such, <laughs> that's something she just will not die on. But mm. again, she's human. Yeah. And unfortunately she's very actively touting this opinion and no one's having it. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, but Pratchett take, saw it. Does that take away from her art though? No. Should it? Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't. You can still like Harry Potter, but not like the off and not like J.K. Rowling for her decision to support being against transgender rights. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Pratchett saw it and he mm. knew that if he remained s- supportive of his fans and humble, not hum- like hum- J.K. Rowling is also very humble, but like quiet to the mm. point where he wasn't cre- he wasn't like Discworld world, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no Harry, po- there's a Harry Potter world. I don't see a Discworld world. Every time his fans would do something for him, he would be bemused and surprised, you know, mm. yeah. and he was always, you know, there would be conventions where the line would wrap around the street for people who wanted to see him and he would wait until every single person had their book signed, you know. Mm even if they went overtime because he's like, they are the reason why I'm here. Yeah. I need to, I, I have to support them. Right. And what connects to, again, why I'm saying death, going back to earlier, why death is my favorite character. When Pratchett was beginning to suffer from Alzheimer's, which is very, so hard to read about because he had such an amazing mind. And my grandfather recently passed away from Alzheimer's. And he, and you could tell that as he was slipping, he was trapped in his own mind. He was trapped in his body because he had moments of lucidity. And that's the scariest part of Alzheimer's is when you realize that they're still there. There's parts of them that Mm -hmm. are still there and they either don't realize, and over time they're slowly losing it, but they realize it's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Because that idea of being trapped inside yourself Mm. you know it's some people it's it's people's worst nightmare and Pratchett knew this was happening and he prepared for it as best he could 
you know, he, he wrote till he couldn't write anymore. But it also, his writing, I think, prepared people for it as well, because his character, Death, is not a scary character. He's empathetic. He is, he enjoys humans. He's a cat lover, you know. <laughs> he he thinks, Death, one, someone once asked Death, what do you think would make the world a better place? And he said, more cats. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. You know, Debatable. well, I mean, <laughs> if everyone I'm had a, their own little kitten, I th- yeah, 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 he <laughs> like, he's like, I would like to have more cats, and he also, and you also learn he likes curry. You know, he hmm. humans fascinate him in his series. When characters die, they stay dead. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, you feel the impact, and they don't come back. And death's existence. He's good at his job. He does his job, but it also can really hurt him. And mm. because he feels for people. And Pratchett has gotten, let, used to get letters from terminally ill people who were fans of his book saying, I hope death is as you describe him. Wow. Yeah. It is honestly one of the, I think, one of the most important parts of his books, as well as the saddest. The fact mm. that, you know, this series, in a sense, helps people come to terms with aging and mm. passing on and makes people more comfortable with it because in a lot of stories, death is just absolute unknown and fear and no mm. one can accept it. And yeah. some people go to like the ends of the earth trying to save someone from dying. Yeah. And here it's like, it happens. He's a cool, he's a cool guy. Yeah, death's a cool dude. He's yeah. on good terms with all the witches. They understand him. It's part of their job. He, it's actually funny because witches know when they're going to die. Hmm. Like, they get it's like sort a of... like Big Fish. Have you seen Big Fish? No. That's... I've oh, seen okay. Splash, oh. <laughs> which is Tom Hanks with a... <laughs> Tom Hanks and a mermaid. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, you're right. I, see. I saw yeah, that with you. Oh, we probably did watch it. Yeah, yeah it, it's um... Owen McGregor. Yeah, McGregor, yeah. But there's a scene where, like, so his character as the dad is telling this, like, very fabled story of his life. He's like, yeah, I saw a witch, and she showed me in her, like, glass eyeball or whatever, like, how I'm going to die. So Mm -hmm. then he saw it and was like, oh, okay. So then everything that wasn't that, he just, like, went for it. So he lost that fear. But, yeah, back to the witch thing. Yeah. I guess that's she, recurring. Yeah, like witches don't know so far. They know like the day before mm. when they're going to die. Uh, and or like a week before. And so mm. they throw a funeral before they die so that they <laughs> can be at their funeral. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, or some some of them do, some of them don't. Some mm. of them but they all have a chance to put their affairs in order mm. and take care of things before they pass. So Mm. whether it's cleaning up the house, making sure all the animals are fed, making sure someone is there to take over, and then they greet death basically as an equal because the role of a witch in this world is a healer, a medicine woman, and someone who helps people get comfortable when they move to the other side. So they Mm. see death a lot. Mm. And since he is an entity, they're one of the few who do. It's inter. It's definitely a. Uh, it's a humorous way to take it, but it also makes the idea of dying more palatable. Mm. Not, I guess. Yeah. Like easier to digest in that mm. it is a part of life. It happens to everybody. 
Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Whether you are, no pun intended, definitely afraid of it or not, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. So you can choose to not be afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to have I mean, to read it, these books. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I've been, it's, yeah. I've been listening to audiobooks, so I'll have to, oh, on my yeah. long commutes. Oh, yeah. Crank that up. Yeah. There are some animated shows. So there's The Weird Sisters, which is about the witches of Lancre. It's a spoof of Macbeth. And they did an animated series of it. And Christopher Lee does the voice of death. And it's honestly the best. It's Count Count Dooku. He's got a deep, deep voice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. I Christopher Lee makes as death is hilarious because the idea of this very stoic and character over through a chain of events getting stage fright is pretty great. (laughs) 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 Just like (laughs) death having stage fright. It's again another reason why I really like that character. Yeah, very human. Yes. That's why that's why it relates to humans so well. Yeah. In that adult, also a plot point in one of his books is the fact that he becomes too human and he ends up getting fired because of it. Who's his boss? The um, Auditors of Reality. <laughs> oh, the Auditors of name. Reality are some of the greatest villains I've ever read about. They of course hate... they're auditors. <laughs> yes, that's the fact. The, the fact that there are auditors and they hate any form of they need to bring order to everything and chaos for them is the worst kind of crime you could possibly commit (laughs) (laughs) they're they're really fun they are funny as well as terrifying Mm. so they're a great overall villain i enjoy it whenever they pop up nice yeah but I mean, I could go on about all the characters that are in it. There's, like I said, there's the, that villain, there's Death and his family, there's the Night's Watch, there's the Witches of Lancre, there's all the characters from the standalone series, there's Tiffany Aching, who's the main character of his young adult series, there's Reenswind and the Wizards of Unseen University. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that I'm missing some, mm. but... I'd say of these characters that are out there, I like the witches, especially Granny Weatherwax, because witches don't have a head witch, but if they did, it'd be Granny Weatherwax. And she is powerful, no-nonsense witch who knows exactly who she is and is is not going to take crap from anybody. And then you have uh, Vimes, and he's kind of, he's the curmudgeonly asshole who is just, you know, same shit, different day. (laughs) He's just like, there's a dragon attacking the city. Uh, (laughs) He's like, oh, come on. Why? He's the guy guy at work. You're like, oh, hey, how's it going, Sam Vimes? Living the dream. Yeah, basically. He's the dream guy. Yeah. He's also, like, he's always playing uh, two steps ahead of everybody else in terms of his detractors. They, uh, he used to have, like, one of his arcs is having an alcohol is having alcoholism, and he knows someone is trying to get him, so he pretends to be passed out drunk because the stress got to him. 
And so he poured, he, you know, douses himself in like alcohol and then pours the rest of the bottle out. So then when an, an assassin actually comes to try to grab him because they think he's out drunk, he's got the drop on him. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a re he's really clever and he's a lot of fun because, you know, the way, the way it's written, it makes it seem, I mean, spoilers, I'm so sorry, but spoilers, it makes it seem like he, he you know, he, he cracked but you can't crack Sam Vimes. He's already cracked. <laughs> but, but yeah, and then and then there's him and Vetinari, who is the the wholesome dictator of Ankh Pork, the main city. Havelock Veterinary is the is the guy that runs everything, and and people hate him because he's a because he has absolute power. But they wouldn't dare try to throw him out of power because they wouldn't know how to run it without him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's also really fun. He's one again, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a real uh he nothing phases him even when they turned him into a salamander once. <laughs> he was mildly annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is how I am for a bit. This is this is how I am. Can someone keep my dog from eating me? <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, oh, and then there's, um, I mean, the, a lot of the a lot of the stories happen around Ankh Pork, which is a XP of Britain. And there is like this guy who starts off as the con man, and he basically recreates the postal service, and then eventually the Ankh Pork Mint. And he also he's the lovable rogue. But if you don't want to read all the all the books, you know, going through it, they made a movie about, they made the movie adaptation of Going Postal, which is also very well done. Like I said, the one where Pratchett was like, you guys have taken it and gone a step beyond what was uh. originally, what I had originally planned. You've made it better. Anyway, that is all I got. And I'm sure it well, was a lot. Well, your pitch convinced me mm -hmm. to now read these. Speaking of Harry Potter, I'm going through Harry Potter audiobooks because I actually never finished the series. Well, I mean... So I, I feel the need now to do it. I mean, with the audiobooks, yeah. Yeah, it's easy enough to do. Yeah, yeah. I would totally, I'd say finish it definitely, but mm. you don't need to go absolutely bonkers over it like I know some people do. Yeah. I don't know, sometimes <laughs> seeing, seeing people being like, I'm a proud Ravenclaw, and I'm like, great. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. You give nerds a bad name.